Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Hey guys, welcome back to my series on the greater works of the Holy Spirit. Uh, For a real quick uh, moment, I want to review what we've discussed in episode one and episode two. Episode one, I just shared a little bit of my own story and how I came to receive not just the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where I was at in my life, living, saved, having the Spirit within me, yet very um, disempowered, struggling with clinical depression, struggling with panic anxiety attacks, and then feeling that draw into the Spirit uh, where God just kept alluring me more into the demonstrations um, of his work, of his supernatural ways, and really alluring me into studying and understanding more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then in episode two, we talked about when Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit coming upon him, how that is what activated his ministry. From that point forward, um, he began to operate in signs and miracles and wonders. Uh, we talked about him being the deity of God um, before that, but left his position and his power. And until he received the Holy Spirit, he did not begin his ministry works and flowing in uh, the signs and the miracles of one and wonders. So today we're going to be talking about how the disciples received the Holy Spirit. Now, if you remember, I've been talking to you a lot about the importance of looking all these passages and looking all these scriptures up for yourself. I think one of the things um, that I'm challenged by is oftentimes we either um, believe things based on what we've been taught or we believe things based on just our experience. Um, And if we take a look at the Bereans in the New Testament, the Bible says that they received um, the work, they received the word, they received the, the experience, but then they went back and they confirmed it through the word. And so I think a lot of times we're looking for teachings, we're looking for um, our system to confirm things that we're learning, things that are being presented to us instead of going back to the word and letting the word through the Holy Spirit really teach you, guide you, and navigate you. The reality is if you have fallen upon this actual episode, it is possible that the spirit is stirring inside of you and is wanting to allure you into a deeper understanding of his supernatural works, of the uponing of the Holy Spirit, so that you can come into a deeper understanding of your freedom, your liberty, and ultimately be able to minister the freedom of the kingdom. So I want you to be sure and write down every verse that I give to you, every passage. Please do not let me feed you truth. Uh, This is what I had to come to understand is really kind of setting aside everything that I have been taught and going back to the word and letting the word be my authority. Um, And the Holy Spirit began to bring things to life that I had read multiple times before, but I had read through the filter of what I had been taught instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to really just bring a revealed rhema, aha word into my life. So I want you to receive an aha today and through this entire series. Even if you are very familiar with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Let's be honest, there's always more to understand about who God is. When I mean understand, I'm talking about just supernatural revelations where we just have this knowing 
in our knower. So with that being said, I want you to get a piece of paper, get a pencil, because we're going to rock and roll in walking through the scriptures and where the disciples received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to start um, in a verse in John um, chapter 21 in verse 18. And this is at the very end of the book of John. It's after Jesus has been crucified and he's resurrected. Um, he's gone back into um, the upper room. We're going to talk about that in John chapter 20. Um, but he's having a conversation with Peter um, on the beach. This is when they had been out fishing. They had returned to their old ways, which this is so important to really take a look at the disciples and where they were at and what was going on after Jesus was crucified. Um, they basically returned back into their old state, even though they had the knowledge of his salvation and the infilling of the spirit. And, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to sidetrack back to that, but let's go to John 21 verse 18. So again, write that down. John 21 verse 18. I'm going to give you a minute because I really want you to write this down. The verse says this, most assuredly, I say to you, now this is Jesus talking directly to Peter. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and you walked where you wished. Now he's talking about the girding, the ability to, um, in our own flesh, strengthen ourselves, gird ourselves up, and navigate our lives where we want to go, okay? So I want to be really careful here um, to um, really distinguish the difference between uh, our authority in Christ and the navigation of the flesh. So he's basically saying, this is this kind of life you have lived. And therefore, that's why, Peter, when you said, even unto the death, I will follow you, your spirit was willing, but your flesh was weak. You were disempowered to be able to follow through on the word because you hadn't received the fuller portion of the Holy Spirit yet. He goes on in, again, John 21, 18 and says, But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and will carry you where you do not wish. He's talking about the girding and the unction of the Holy Spirit. Now, I love this passage because all of us can relate to the fact um, that to moments in our life where we have had that struggle, that internal warring of my flesh wants to me to go in this direction, but the Spirit's telling me to go in this direction. And, uh, and we fear in our flesh going in the direction of the Spirit because often we feel the prompting of the Spirit, but then we flow under the quote-unquote power of our flesh instead of the power of the Spirit. And so John or uh, Jesus is reconciling this right now with Peter and is saying it's, it's after that whole section when he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three different times. Um, and then he says, look, at this point, you're unable to love me through a supernatural power. You're unable to follow me. You're unable to follow me all the way unto the death because you are disempowered. I've breathed the spirit in you, but you haven't experienced the spirit coming upon you. So Jesus is letting Peter know there is another one who is coming that will gird you up and will navigate your life into places that your flesh would run from. Come on. Now I'm speaking a word to somebody here because some of us have experienced the prompting of the spirit trying to allure us into places, into places, into ministries, into relationships, um, into assignments that our flesh is freaking out by. And he is saying, but when you're girded by your flesh, 
you will not be able to follow through on the prompting of the Spirit. That's what we see with Peter earlier in John when he says, even to the death, I will follow you. He has a prompting of the Spirit, but he's unable to follow through because he hasn't yet received the power of the Spirit. Okay, so let's back up, write down John chapter 20. So a great passage for you to read through as you get done with this video is John 20 and 21. To confirm what you're hearing, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. Don't, don't give me the authority in your life. Give the word the authority in your life. In John chapter 20, this is after Jesus has been crucified. It's, it's hilarious to me that the, the disciples are now petrified, right? They have run um, with fear. They're, they've scattered. They're hiding. And Jesus shows up into a room that is locked. Um, and he basically presents himself to them as a resurrected. And in John 21, 22, write that down, verse John 20, 22, uh, it says, So Jesus said to them, speaking to the disciples, peace to you. Okay, so he's immediately speaking into the chaos, the angst, the anxiety, because when Jesus shows up, he wants to shift things, not just in the atmosphere, but he wants to shift things within you. Okay, I'm not going to preach on that right now, but I want us to stick to the point. It says, as the Father has sent me, I also am sending you. So right now, he's beginning to give them a commission and saying, I'm sending you out into the world. Just as I was sent here to be the presentation of the gospel, to be the manifestation of God's redemptive love, now I am sending you to do the same thing. And then he goes, and with, with, and when he said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now in this moment, this is when, uh, is a picture of salvation. When we receive the Holy Spirit and God breathes his presence in us. Uh, I love in Romans, it says that he pours out the love of God into the depths of our heart by the Holy Spirit when we receive God. And so we become infilled with the Spirit. Again, it, did they receive the Holy Spirit in the moment, in this moment? Yes, they did. Just like God breathed life into Adam, just like God breathed salvation into us, they received the Holy Spirit. But, there was another portion that God had in mind for them. Look, y'all, this is a risky proposition for Jesus to entrust the entire gospel to these men. Um, but Jesus's faith, his, his, um, his belief wasn't in the man. His faith was in the Holy Spirit that would come upon the man. I'm going to say that again. Jesus's faith isn't in you. It's in the Holy Spirit that is upon you. When he calls you into mission, when he calls you to do something that's bigger than you, when he calls you, when he gives you the prompting to do something that makes your flesh tremble with fear, his faith isn't in your flesh. His faith is in the spirit that is in you and upon you that will give you not just the prompting, but the power to see it all the way through. So when we have the Holy Spirit in us, that first encounter, we begin to feel the promptings of the spirit, but this, it's the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming upon us that gives us the power to follow through on the promptings of the spirit. I need you to receive this. I need you to go back to the word and really read it with fresh Holy Spirit eyes, allow the Holy Ghost to be the filter in which you read through this and you receive truth. So 
this portion would cause the disciples to walk and to work in the supernatural works of God. Going all the way back to the very beginning, episode one, when I talked to you about the conviction that I had that I did not want my teaching and my preaching to come with wise and persuasive words, but rather with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. We've been talking all throughout this series about the evidence of the word through the accompanying signs. That's what it tells us in Mark chapter 16, verses 19 through the end. Look it up, read it. It says that they believed, they operated on faith, and signs followed. They went and they preached the word, and the word was confirmed with accompanying signs. So we're talking about not just the prompting, but we're talking about the power to follow through on the prompting. We're not just talking about teaching the word, we're talking about the demonstration of the word. We've talked so many times about how it says the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk. It is a matter of power. I need you to get this. I am so passionate about this because I see people all the time in my office who have been believers their entire life, but they're still wrestling and managing demons that Jesus came to ultimately, utterly shatter and destroy. It is for this purpose that the Son of Man was manifested, to destroy the works of the devil. I don't want us to manage our demons. I want us to be delivered from our demons. So we're walking through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the disciples. So Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit in them in John 20. And then he says, then go and wait in Jerusalem. So he says, but look, I've just breathed the spirit in you, but there is something more for you. In Luke chapter 24, write this down. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. He says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. Okay, this is that uponing that we've been talking about. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with a power from upon high. So he's, he's breathed life into him in John 20. In John 21, he then says to Peter, look, you have, you're girded up in your flesh at this point, but I need another to come and gird you. Meaning there's something more that you are going to receive that will shift just the promptings in your life into the power of the kingdom. That will shift the knowledge that you have of who I am into a life living evidence of the knowledge that you have. Okay, so I need you to get this, okay? I want our lives, our lives to be more than just a knowledge of who Jesus is, a knowledge of our salvation. I want us to live a life that demonstrates there's a supernatural work that works within me and flows out of me and begins to minister to people around me. This is what we're talking about. That word power uh, in, in Luke is the word dunamis. Uh, sometimes the word power is exousia, which is the Greek word for the authority, the authority to practice the power. Um, and then there are times where it's dunamis, meaning it's like a dynamite type of power that will boom, just come within us and will cause us to walk in a dynamic way here on earth. The dynamics of the kingdom will be manifested through your ministry. The dynamics of the kingdom will manifest through your relationships. The dynamic dynamics of the kingdom will manifest in your attitude, the language that you choose, the way you choose to love people. We want the dynamics of the kingdom, the dunamis power, to be evidenced 
through the way we live our lives. We don't, it can't just be a matter of talk. It has to be a demonstrated power that gives people around us a hunger for something more. So in Acts chapter one, he goes on and he says, but you shall receive power with the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so we've gone from John 20, where the disciples had the power coming within, or the, the Spirit being breathed within them. We have this conversation that Jesus has with Peter after that, this, that still says, yet there is still another one that will come and gird you up. We have this conversation in Luke 24 that says, now you need to go and wait, tarry in the city because there is more to be received. There is a greater portion. Just like Jesus needed the portion, the unction of the Holy Spirit to begin to flow in the signs and the miracles and wonders. So we also need that in order to, in order to be girded up, not by our flesh, but by the dynamics of the kingdom. And then Acts chapter 1 verse 8, again that confirmation of there is another power that will come upon you. You must remain here until you are endued with this power that is from upon high. It will supersede your flesh. It will supersede your emotions. It will supersede your intellect. Look, if you think you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit based on intellect, that's not what, that's not supernatural, y'all. I mean, we want to live by faith, not by intellect. Live by faith, not by feel. All right. So if you go on and you read all of Acts chapter 2, I'm not going to read it all to you because I'm not going to feed you the word. I want you to read the word. In Acts chapter 2 is where they're all in one accord in the upper room doing what God and what Jesus had told them to do. Tarry in Jerusalem until you were endued with the power from upon high. As they came into unity, the Bible says they were of one accord. If you read that in the Greek, it's the idea of being um, unanimous. If they would take a vote, it would have been a unanimous vote. Um, and at that place, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, that, that was like a rushing, uh, sound of a rushing wind that came in and the Holy Spirit um, with fire came upon them. So many things I'd love to teach you about that and maybe we'll get to that. But that fire represents the refiner's fire that began to purify them, that they became purified through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And immediately, immediately, come on, everybody needs to say immediately, write it in the comments, immediately they began to speak in a new language. But here's the thing, not only were they speaking in a new language, in the upper room, the Bible goes on to say that the people around the upper room heard them speaking in their own language. So there's all kinds of supernatural works going on in this passage. Um, but the Bible says in, in second, in, in Acts 2, verse thing at 13, that the Spirit himself, I'm sorry, I'm getting all tongue-tied, you guys, because I'm getting so excited. The Spirit himself spoke the wonders of God. I'm going to say that again. The Spirit himself, who is speaking? The people in the upper room are speaking in a language, but there's this summary statement that says it was the Spirit himself that was speaking what? Through the people, what the wonders of God in each man's language. So the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of your ability to be able to debate salvation or to debate his healing or to debate his deliverance or to debate his restoration or to debate his love. 
It is a language that can only be spoken spiritually, supernatural. And I'm not just talking about speaking in a prayer language. I'm talking about living a, a, a demonstration. It's a language that is of the spirit, whether it's through demonstration, whether it's in a tongue, whether it's through just the unction of a supernatural love. The point here is it is only the spirit of God that can reveal the face of God. I'm going to say that again. It is only the spirit of God that can reveal the face of God. The Bible says no man comes unto the kingdom. No man comes to the father except by the spirit that nobody can call me Lord Jesus except by the Holy Spirit. I'm just quoting verses to you through the New Testament. You've got to read your word and let the Holy Spirit reveal truth to you and recognize that there is a supernatural unction that God has in mind for you. So I want you to take time to really read through these passages. We've talked about when I received the unction, the second encounter, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about where we see that evidence in the scripture in the life of Jesus and now we see that in the life of the, the disciples and we're starting to see that it was through the unction of the second encounter of the Holy Spirit that at that point they began to flow even Jesus it was at that point that was a shifting point that was the tipping point where he began to tip into the demonstrations of the, of the Spirit this is what the disciples needed Without this, Peter would not be able to follow through on his word. He would be living according to the prompting of the Spirit, but really struggling with being able to follow through by the power of the Spirit. Now, I'm saying this to you because this represents so many of us. When I talked about my own clinical depression, when I talked about panic anxiety attacks, I was a believer. I knew the knowledge of what scripture was telling me. I felt the prompting of the spirit saying, I want to set you free. That the joy of the Lord is your strength. A cheerful heart is good medicine. I knew all of the things. I could teach it. I could preach it. But I couldn't follow through on the, on the, the power of it because I did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so God was, was alluring me into this greater understanding of what it meant to be uh, completely delivered, that Jesus uh, came to destroy the works of the devil in my life so that I could receive and therefore then minister the greater works of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this wraps up today's episode. Uh, we're going to be moving through uh, how do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why should we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to be sharing a little bit more stories of some of the experience I've had in my own life through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, ministering uh, the supernatural works to people around us. Don't miss out. Go back to the Word. Let Him reveal truth to you. I bless you in the name of Jesus to be curious, be courageous, and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you a deeper and a greater ways, the greater ways of the kingdom. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.